0: In a new book, Aiming Higher, A Journey Through Military Aviation Leadership, a team of combat proven senior military leaders come together in a bit of a reverse engineering way of writing a book. What started as a military mentorship mastermind has blossomed into a deeper effort to challenge one another and empower both themselves and others to achieve their true potential. I'm joined by three of the book's five authors, Colonel Kim Casey Campbell. She's back. And she's brought Colonel Chris Strickland and Lieutenant Colonel Jason Harris for this episode of Pick Up the Six podcast. Brian Jodis back once again for another episode of Pick Up the Six podcast. And I have three guests today, which is rare. It's usually one-on-one kind of conversations, one of which a return guest. And Kim Campbell, known as Casey, we had her on before. Let's start with you, Casey, It's good to, uh, to have you back. And uh, like I said, it's kind of your fault. we're all together for this conversation today, one that I'm excited to have. So how you been?
1: Yeah, absolutely. thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me back. I guess I uh, earned my place last time enough that you, <laughs> you would ask me back and invite a few friends as well.
0: You are in rarefied air at this point. <laughs> There's not a lot of return guests. We've been very fortunate uh, and fun fact guys. You are officially episode number one hundred, so kind of cool. We'll to take have Three it. people, right? Yeah, have three join for one hundred, uh, and so that's exciting. All right, so we've got Jason Harris and Chris Strickland joining us as well, and you guys are part of this military mentorship mastermind. We're going to talk about how that all came to be, and you've got a new book out where you've got five authors have teamed up to create a really cool book. It's called Aiming Higher. It comes out May 17th, so right around the corner. It'll be available, uh, and it's called Aiming Higher, A Journey Through Military Aviation Leadership. So, Chris and Jason, welcome, guys. Thanks, sir.
2: It's good to be on your show, and like you said, it is a book of five people. So if we could kick off with how did we end up here? Yeah, let's do it. And it's an interesting journey, but as you look back on our five authors, as you look at all retired and experienced military people, the one thing I find that I miss the most is the mentorship of those around me. When you look at leaders growing through the military, we turn over every two years. We're always pushed to higher levels. And it's usually because we're on high performing team that demands us to earn our position each and every day. And what I found when I retired from the military is I miss that piece. Mm-hmm. I miss that camaraderie. I miss that push from, we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And and I wanted to be more deliberate about who I spent that time with outside of my wife and family, and then COVID kicks off, right? So not only are we feeling like we're lacking something from our military time of that mentorship, but now we're not even hanging out with other people. And so a few of us were having mentorship calls with each other, helping each other out, and as these were growing, we decided there was something here. And the first thing I will offer is we in no way think we have the answers. And in fact, we're confident we don't have the answers. What we have is great questions. And we want to plant the seed for others to have conversations about, which is how this grew. So the five of us started getting on a weekly, monthly phone call. Nobody missed a meeting. And it was a call to discuss whatever we needed it to discuss, whatever was going on in our lives to help each other out, to be that sounding board. And from that spurred this book, hmm. as we all pitched in, wrote a few of our things that we mentor others on the most, and we welcome others to do the same with us as we open
3: and share with one another. Thoughts there, Jason and Kim? You know, that, that's an excellent uh, introduction to how we kind of brought this together. And, and Brian, thank you for allowing me and allowing us to be mm-hmm. on the show. And so, you know, looking at kind of just the principles of the whole idea of pickup 6, right? You know, service before self, that is kind of ingrained in us uh, as Air Force Academy graduates, as Air Force officers, as military members, that idea of service, right? And then more importantly, as we kind of start getting together, this idea of what you talk about with your organization, that strength of purpose. Mm. You know, we all have a commonality. It doesn't matter where we're from, doesn't matter where we're living at, doesn't matter our political views. It doesn't, none of those things matter. Because at the end of the day, we know that we are servant leaders that are always trying to learn, and we know that we have strength of purpose. And then beyond that, we know that we want to give back to the community that has blessed us to be able to do what we do. So coming together, sharpening iron, sharpening iron, Mm -hmm. and collectively being able to present some of our perspectives, some of our opinions on how we lead, how we've been led, That is how we kind of came to this book. And it's been an amazing process, a lot of learning amongst each other, and we continue to learn from each other. So just a great time to be amongst these amazing people.
0: Yeah, that's Lieutenant Colonel Jason Harris. We've also got Colonel Chris Strickland, Colonel Kim Campbell joining us on Pick Up the Six podcast. You know, my dad talks a lot about this bucket of respect. And with that, it's also sort of a bucket of leadership. And what it seems to me like what you've got when this new book comes out here on May 17th called Aiming Higher, A Journey Through Military Aviation Leadership, you guys have incredible careers that have spanned years and decades and so much gets dumped into that bucket, why would you not as leaders look to pour some of that out right into other people so Kim, is that, is that, so, I mean, it seems to me like we're having this mentorship mastermind group you're meeting, and then the book becomes kind of like a genesis of, of this group coming together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what you said there in terms of sharing stories, right, we've all been through some pretty difficult experiences throughout our career. And we learn a lot of lessons. Mm-hmm. A lot of times those lessons came from mistakes and failures And so the next step beyond that is sharing those lessons with others. You know, I look back on my time in the military and the lessons that people shared with me, you know, that they were willing to share, even though they exposed mistakes or weaknesses, right. They were still willing to share those lessons with me. And, you know, I think those lessons are what helped me, you know, survive over Baghdad and and an A-10. Those lessons are what helped me as a leader grow and learn Uh, Because I, you know, I don't think I started out as any sort of exceptional leader. I had a lot to learn. I still feel like I have a lot to learn. And so that's what this group is. We've been able to share those lessons with each other. And we just, you know, it got to the point where we felt really um, passionate about sharing lessons with others. And, you know, the the commonality is is aviation and our experience there. And those make for some great stories. And they're a lot of fun. But really what's most important is the lessons that we learn from them. And so that's the, that's the idea behind the book, is we're sharing a little bit about some of our stories through aviation, but really the lessons that have come from them.
0: One of those If stories, I could add on to
2: that real quick, Brian. Yeah, go ahead, Chris, uh, please. The other thing when we talk about this, and you talk about the genesis of the book, it wasn't about the book. This never started out as a book. It started as a mentorship group, mm-hmm. and we were all helping one another. And it happened to lend itself to a book. And I will tell you, speaking for myself, I look back on our last few years together and go, oh, my gosh, it it did come to fruition as a book. But more importantly, it's about our group of five. And I will tell you, text started flying this morning before 7 a.m. And that happens almost every day. I text with this group more than I text with anybody else in the world. And it's usually somebody has a question, they'll text the question of the group, and everybody immediately jumps on and goes, "Have you thought about this? Have you mm. considered this?" Yeah. And it's so amazing how tight this group has become, helping each other out. And the other thing I will offer is the agreement up front is, nobody makes a penny off the book. All profits are donated to charity. You can see the charities oh, on I our website. It.
0: Yeah incredible. The
2: purpose of the book was never to make a penny. As Jason said, we're servant leaders, we're giving back. And we never want anybody to think that we came together to write a book. It's our hope that the book spurs other people to be open and share, like Kim said, to be vulnerable with, here's the lessons I learned. And usually those comes from a misstep or an extreme success, but we have to be honest with each other about the journey in order for all of us to grow from it.
0: Mm, man, that's a great point. Uh, pretty incredible. I did not know that. Coming into our conversation that every dime that's made off of this will go to charity. So even more of a reason for us all to go out and grab this thing on the 17th. Can we do a little around the horn uh, introduction of your past and 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 your careers in aviation? And Kim, let's start with you. Our listeners famously know that story about that A-10 warthog that is shot to shit over Baghdad, but limps its way back out into Kuwait. Uh, so just tell us a little bit and then Jason will come your way next.
1: Yeah, you bet. Um, I just retired after 24 years in the Air Force. Uh, I spent the majority of that time flying A-10s with, uh, I think, over 100 combat missions um, and obviously learned a lot along the way on those missions. Um, But I also spent a lot of time as a a leader and commander in the Air Force, uh, finishing out my Air Force career as a group commander responsible for more than 1,000 military and civilian personnel, and also finishing out at the Air Force Academy as the director for the Center for Character and Leadership Development. So it was an opportunity for me to give back and uh, really for everything to come together where I started out my career. Um, no so that's, that's the quick uh, down and dirty on me.
0: Hey, congrats on the recent retirement as well. Well-earned and well-deserved.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, so um, for me, uh, like Kim, I'm also an Air Force Academy graduate, like both Kim and Chris. And after uh, graduating from the Air Force Academy, I attended pilot training, I flew the C-130E model, flew all around the world doing that, and then I spent a little bit of time doing special operations. And so what I like to tell people is that I've never done the same job twice, I'm a jack-of-all master of absolutely nothing, but uh, I've had fun learning and, and experiencing leadership in my time, continuously serving since 2001 being commissioned. And I'm also an airline pilot, that's where I spend the majority of my time, and I continue to serve as an Air Force reservist, uh, pilot, and squadron commander.
0: Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Harris, were you working with CCT guys at all? I've had the pleasure recently over the last, man, six months of getting to know a few of those guys personally, one of which whose brother was killed in combat and then a couple other guys that have done it as well. And uh, man, just awesome guys. So if you're flying special ops in the Air Force, I got a feeling that you were uh, connected to those guys on the ground, letting you know what needed to happen.
3: Um, yeah, I, I know a lot of, uh, really amazing CCT guys. Uh, I've worked with a lot of them personally, very closely. Um, and you know, and then I, I, I tip my hat off to one very, very special CCT guy. Um, who was a friend, a brother, classmate of mine, Air Force Academy classmate, um, Captain Derek Argyle. And so Captain Derek Argyll, Captain Derek, Jeremy Fresque as both my classmates, um, two amazing warriors that we lost, CCT warriors that we lost uh, May 30th, 2005. And so I just tip my hat to those two CCT guys. When you mention CCT, that's what I think about. They were the epitome of servant leadership. They were the epitome of warriors. They were the epitome of what you think about when you think about a total badass, and a combat controller. So yes, to answer your question, Brian, I've worked with them and I have the most, uh, the highest uh, level of respect for those guys having gone in and out of combat with them in various aspects.
0: That's right, first there, uh, always, always ready. Uh, Colonel Strickle, let's talk a little bit about your career flying one in fast F-16s.
2: Yeah, before I jump in, I-, I wanna look back at those two and their intros and you see the passion. Now you see why we're together. Now you see the power of these phone calls, of these mentor sessions, of these early morning texts, because our group is so passionate about what they do, about what they've done, about what we will do. And it just brings a smile to my face because they're, they're both so amazing and they only give you a taste of it as they're hitting the wave tops of their career. As just like our other two uh, authors, one of which is in law school right now, and he is not here because he's in the middle of finals. And that is a brutal thing to be. And the other one's out on the road working with a uh, incredible company. Um, but I don't want them to get left out of this mm-hmm. because there are five authors in this. Yeah. For myself, like you said, I flew some fast movers. I flew F-15s, F-16s. I had the honor of working at the White House, at the Pentagon. Kind of like Jason said, I've worked all over. I moved 18 times in 23 years before I retired. I have four children, so amazing families. That's the other thing our authors rally around is support of our families, because when we get out of the military and go, hey, I got a new pet project I'm going to devote a lot of time to that's going to take me away from the family. We have the supportive spouses and children that will do that because they know how passionate we are about giving back, how passionate we are about telling our stories to enable others to do that. Um, and it's just amazing. It really is. Just like you see from all the people you interview, everybody is so passionate about that servant leadership and moving forward. And it's not about any of us. It's We just happen to be the five. We happen to all be academy graduates, which we didn't target. It just turned out that, that mm-hmm. way. And we can offer so many of those. It happened to be just like in our lives, as Kim was talking about her flight that we all know about. We are so fortunate in the it could have went a different way, whether it's her flight or the many flights we've been on or my ejection from an F-16. We are fortunate to be where we are. We are blessed to be able to tell this story when so many others couldn't. And that is the excitement. Hopefully all of you will feel from the book, from our interviews and from our teaming up together as we move forward.
0: Can you tell us about having a punch out of that bird? What happened?
2: yeah you want to talk about a bad day in the office i guarantee you that is as bad as it gets or the short version is i ejected out of an f-16 during a thunderbird air show uh came out of the airplane about 60 feet off the ground and i stand here two and a half inches shorter today so not possible out of the envelope ejection landed on my feet compressed my spine bottom line is my favorite picture coming out of that if we ever sit down and talk about this over a scotch is the the sunrise on the day after my ejection on the tomorrow I was assured that I should have lost and that's what all of our military professionals can talk about is the million stories behind us of how it almost went a different way and we're incredibly blessed to sit here and talk and grow together as we all look to tomorrow to be better than we are today
0: yeah you know um one of the one of the more famous lines uh, at this morning workout group that I uh, partake in, it's called F3 and do it almost every day uh, throughout the week. It's just a great group of men in my local area. And one guy, every time he takes us out, we get in this circle of trust at the end, just a chance to be able to share. He said, we're not promised today. Nobody was guaranteed they were going to even get to wake up today. And you think back to those moments. I'd love to sit down and have a scotch with you someday. So we'll hold you to that one for sure. Sounds good. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Kim, as you're... As you're as you're going through this group with these guys and as you're as you're building all this and, and honestly not even thinking about the book, what kind of lessons as it relates to mentorship are you hoping the readers will take out of this? What can they glean from this and maybe they can start executing in their daily life after they read it?
1: I think you know one of the things that we have talked about is you're always, you know your responsibility is your replacement. You know, who's going yeah. to lead the next generation? And so that's one of the things that we've talked about, not just in our time in the Air Force, but as we evolved transitioning or transitioned as well. And that's a a hard thing for a lot of military people to do is to transition outside into the civilian world. And so that's one thing I love about this group is, you know, as we've gone through struggles and trying to figure it out, we have a group of people that have been there and done it and in different ways. And so that's one thing that's been really helpful for us. But I think it really goes back to you know, who's going to replace us when we're gone? You know, and it, it's all about mentoring that next generation so that, you know, they have the lessons learned that we went through. Uh, and so I think that's a that's a big part of it is how do we how do we help the next generation of leaders?
0: Jason, have you um have you do you subscribe to have you heard of this 80 percent idea? Find somebody that can serve under you that you can get to 80 percent about what you can do. Right. And then let them have it from there because you got to step aside.
3: Oh, man, that's kind of comical. You'll see the the smiles cracking on my two peers' face because that's a a conversation that we've had repeatedly as we've written this book, as we've come together, right? And so at the end of the day, as as leaders, right, uh, kind of what Kim was talking about, our job is to be committed um, to the organization, committed to the folks, uh, accountable to each other, accountable to the organization, accountable to those that are entrusted to us as leaders. And then we have to build that level of trust. And there comes a point to where we can only get something so far and we let them run with it, right? And sometimes as leaders, we have to know which of our people we can fire and forget, right? Give them a task and they're going to go after it. You take a CCT, Bubba, you give him or her a task and they're going to go after it and they're going to handle it no matter what. You don't have to check on them. And then there are other people that we, are, that we lead and we have to do a little bit more to lead them, right? We got to give yeah. them a little bit more. And so, yeah, there is that 80% piece of the puzzle, right? And, and everybody has a different level that we got to get them to. And as leaders, we have to know the things that we can subcontract. And then we have to know the things that we can't subcontract, right? If I talk to, to Chris and the camera as group commanders, as graduated group commanders, there were things that only they, as a group commander, as the colonel, as where the buck stops, that only they could do and execute. And then there were other things that they could subcontract out to their deputies, to their squadron commanders, and to other people that they led. So absolutely agree that as a leader, there are things that we could do, and there are things that we have to trust our people to go out there and execute. And we have to maintain that level of commitment and accountability as well as trust as we lead our people.
0: Chris, as you were um, maturing as a leader, do you remember moments where you had to instill a leadership principle and still were a little nervous about maybe having to hand that decision-making process off to somebody else? Of course.
2: As leaders, I think we would be remiss if we didn't admit we're always uncomfortable handing things off. And the military is incredibly good at always pushing you just past your comfort zone. But when you think about that, the way we always say it in our group is, the day Kim and I retired from the military, that is not the measure of what kind of leadership we really were. And sometimes it gets lost on that. How did your last unit do? How were they performing? But what we talk about is the true measure of your leadership is 10 years later. It's 10 years after you lead, when those you were mentoring at the midpoint of their careers are now sitting at the helm. They're the ones in charge. That is the true measure of your leadership is how you develop them, how you took them to 80% and let them be so much better than you were. Because that's another thing we always say. There are a lot of people out there that can do this a lot better than we did. Our goal, the book's purpose, is to give them a higher launching platform than we had. None of us had time to write a book. And we used to joke about that. We still joke about this. We do not have time to write a book. But we also collectively felt we would be remiss if we didn't. Mm. Because these are some lessons learned that maybe can help others. And encourage others to share their lessons learned. So it goes back to... You won't know what kind of leader you really were until you truly retire and step away and you're sitting on the porch with a cup of coffee and you're watching the news at how the Air Force, how your organization's being led 10 years later. Those are the leaders you inspired. Those are the leaders you helped craft. And hopefully they can be so much better than any of us ever
0: were. Hey Kim, can you introduce me to the other two authors who are part of this project with you guys?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Rob Teschner, uh is a uh is a good friend yes (laughs) well i don't need to introduce you to no that's
0: about that's about the extent of my homework (laughs) i didn't know he threw f15s and f22s but that's about it
1: yeah cujo uh cujo is a um an incredible leader you know he um very a lot of what he talks about in the book is um humility and being humble approachable incredible Uh, and that stems from his background as being a uh weapons school instructor, which is the Air Force's version of Top Gun. And so he shares a lot of those stories from his experience. And so uh, he's um, he's just an, an incredible human being as well, has uh, survived cancer, um, has an amazing family um, and just uh, just does it all, all well and will not hesitate at a moment's notice to just um, pick up the pick up the phone and, and chat about, you know, whatever it is we've got going on. Uh, and then uh, Dan Walker Fuzz, uh, we call him the millennial of the group. He's the, the youngest uh, of, our, of the group. Mm-hmm. And he, so he keeps us on our toes. I mean, he's, he's our law student, law right? <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. Harvard Law. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that's
0: so, no I mean, it's
1: just a great group because, yes, we have the commonality of uh, being Air Force Academy graduates, being aviators. But there's so much mm-hmm. that we have done in our past that's different. And so getting their perspective has just, it's been great. It's, it's challenging, right? It, we each challenge each other to be better. Um, and that is, you know, that's something I felt very strongly about in the military that I had that. And so transitioning, it has been really nice to still feel that challenge that someone's going to challenge me to be
0: better. Yeah. Proud brother moment. My brother, Adam graduate of weapons school, uh, pretty neat experience to travel out to Las Vegas and be a part of that ceremony for him. And uh, my dad keynoted it, which was a neat, it was a neat family night for us to, to be able to, to do that. He also just got done with the book a day club as well. <laughs> so it's big, big stuff. And he's part of the first wave to decommission from the air force and head into the space force, which is quite a journey, man, quite a journey. You know, when your dad is uh, in the air force, his entire career and, you know, you end up in that path and then they're like, we're going to move you over here into this new branch we've created, which is the Department of the Air Force, but quite a journey, man, for sure. What do you guys, what's the future of this United States Air Force? What's it look like now that you're on the outside looking in at those new leaders that you've helped cultivate that'll carry this thing forward?
2: Oh, that's a tough one. Looking at the future, um, I think it is a future where leaders are more likely to share and help and mentor like you see this group doing. Um, I think it is a much more connected world. And one of the things I my co-authors here are going to be surprised when I share this. Hopefully you see the passion we have with each other, how well we work together. And one of the things I will share is we've never been in one place at one time. Sure. Yeah. There are authors on the book who have never met the other authors face to face to face, even though we spent years on on FaceTime with each other and texting with each other. And it shows you the power of a shared background. So as we look to the future of the Air Force, of the military, we're still, we still have the commonality of one goal. It's about our nation. It's about the future of our nation. And we have to work together better now that we're all connected virtually, even more so than we did in the past.
0: Jason, what do you think? Yeah, I
3: think uh, to, to kind of echo what Chris said, you know, the, I think the future of our Air Force is bright, uh, Brian. You know, uh, at times what we do is we look back and we go, hey, this generation isn't the same as my generation. They're different. They're built differently. And yeah, as a generationally speaking, we might think a little bit different. But the reality is, is that we find that leaders are still going to be leaders. The reality is, is that, like Chris said, the seeds that we as leaders of today that we plant, we will get to see them watered and we will get to see the fruit of those seeds 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. And I'm confident that at the United States Air Force Academy, through ROTC detachments, through OTS, throughout the the enlisted side as well, the future of our Air Force is bright. People now more than ever realize how much we need each other. They realize now more than ever the meaning of being a servant leader. They realize now more than ever that we absolutely have to have each other six. And that is going to be critical. The idea of mentoring, mentoring each other, being willing to be vulnerable, being willing to dare to actually lead no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation is. And with that, I know that the future leaders of the Air Force, they are ready for that. And we are going to see some amazing people, some amazing leaders take this Air Force, take the Space Force to new levels as we, as we actually enter and in, usher into the future.
0: You know, technology will change the mode in which we create and distribute Things, uh, knowledge, communications, leadership principles might change, but you still have to be able to ask, listen, and remember. You still have to be able to communicate with people with candor, right? From a position of love and caring. So I think a lot of those principles remain the same. And it, and it feels to me, Kim, like you guys have ideally hoped to, to tap into some of that and, and just package it in a way in which you five can bring your unique perspectives to the table to be able to present these principles from the ways that you've seen them presented to you throughout your careers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, having spent my last assignment at the Air Force Academy and mentoring and leading the next generation of leaders, you know, they are just as passionate about service as we all were. And they have overcome a significant amount of adversity just in their, their early time at the Academy because of COVID because Mm -hmm. of, you know, the, the, the challenges that they've had and, you know, they will face their own challenges. I, I always tell them, you know, you never know when your moment is going to be, right? When are you going to be expected to execute at that highest level? And are you going to be ready? And so the idea behind this book is to challenge leaders to be ready for that moment, you know, to be ready when they're called on, whether it's in service to the nation or in business or in their personal life, right? Mm-hmm. There is going to be a moment uh, when you're called upon to execute at the highest level. And so that's that's the idea behind it, is to challenge people, to um, give them some different perspectives and different ideas, um, just as we all have done for each other.
0: I love it. We've got three members of the Military Mentorship Mastermind. The new book out May 17th is called Aiming Higher, A Journey Through Military Aviation Leadership. All the proceeds from the book going to charity. And just incredible way in which these leaders—the three on our show today and the two other who have teamed up on this mastermind group—are giving it away, are taking what's in that bucket of respect and bucket of leadership and pouring some of that out so that other others can absorb it. Just been incredibly grateful for the three of you for your incredible careers and for joining us to share a little bit about the book today. Chris, thanks.
2: Thanks, Brian. Appreciate
0: it. Jason, thanks, man. It's good to get hey, to talk. Thank you, you Brian. It's a pleasure as well, my friend. Casey, as always, ma'am, it's good to see
1: you. Absolutely, Brian. Great to see you again.
0: All right. They are part of the Military Mentorship Mastermind. Again, that new book, Aiming Higher, A Journey Through Military Aviation Leadership. It's out May 17th. Go check it out. And I'm Brian Jonas, and that's been this episode of Pick Up the Six Podcast.